Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. President Biden says the Russian invasion of Ukraine is a flagrant violation of international law without justification. Who in the Lord's name does Putin think gives him the right to declare new so-called countries on territory that belong to his neighbors? The president announced blocking sanctions on Russian banks, wealthy oligarchs, and Russian sovereign debt. That means we've cut off Russia's government from Western financing. This is the Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. Well, even Sleepy Eyes, Chuck Todd, said this weekend during his show, I was watching it for a change, he said, how come there has been no, you know, invasion during the period of time that the Trump administration was there, but they did invade, very severely invade with Obama, and then they waited, and then they invaded. This would never have happened if we were there, but he did. Chuck Todd asked that question. How come there was none of this was happening during the Trump administration? There we go. I think President Trump is right. I do not think this would have happened if President Trump had been re-elected to a second term. But John, I, I got to stop. I, I know this is all very serious, geopolitical disaster, and but it, it's been so long. I, I you know. We used to be hearing Trump, Trump, Trump all the time, and I think even the most diehard Trump fan could probably get a little fatigued by the uh-huh. the incessant always coverage. But if you haven't heard him for a while, sleepy eyes, Chuck Todd. I mean, come on, yeah, that's that's funny. <laughs> that's the one problem in, in the the ability of any non like anti Trump person to to grapple with Trump. Is the reality that he is occasionally very funny? Yes, and sleepy eyes, Chuck Todd was. A it's, great nickname. It's, it's, just, it's really actually quite funny. It's silly and funny. And look, I don't even dislike... Chuck Todd is kind of a run-of-the-mill liberal journalist. He's not sure. the worst, most egregious. He's not Brian Stelter. He's not. He's certainly not Don Lemon or Chris no. Cuomo or something. No. But, you know, that's just, that's just funny. So yeah. anyway. Exactly. Okay, so John, you were telling me uh, off the air about this mega thread that is dealing with... Um, all the uh, <clears throat> the adults in the room, and I right. uh, I want to go back to this gym that I played in the first hour. This is almost ten years ago. This is from ABC News, October twenty second, twenty twelve, in a heated foreign policy debate between then President Barack Obama and Republican presidential nominee Mitt Romney. They were talking about the greatest geopolitical threat. To the United States. Let's hear it. Again, not not As, to individual citizens, but the geopolitical threat. This is uh, the the brilliant orator, that foreign policy whiz, Barack, uh, Barack Obama. Obama. Well, maybe I should turn on the audio yeah, first. Maybe turning on the audio, that, that would work. That, that might help. Some real radio experts. Governor Romney, I'm glad that you recognize that Al-Qaeda is a threat 
Because a few months ago, when you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia. Not Al-Qaeda, you said Russia. In the 1980s or now, calling to ask for their foreign policy back because you know the cold war has been over for 20 years but yeah well hey, that's that's really look. sounding great right now yeah the the cold war has been over for 20 years john i mean come on going yeah. all the way back to to 1992 i mean what wh- what are you complaining about governor romney don't you know that al-qaeda yeah i, I literally when i listened to this again i was like oh yeah al-qaeda that thing that everybody was super worried about for a long time, and then mysteriously, as soon as President Trump kind of defeated ISIS and we stopped really having right. terrorist attacks, like, oh, never mind. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. We don't need to talk about that well, anymore. And it, it plays into this whole, Democrats love posturing themselves as, ah, finally, the adults are back in charge. The adults in the room. A return to normalcy. A return to normalcy. The adults are in the room. And... The the thing is that there there seems to be absolutely no, as far as results, concrete results, no evidence whatsoever that having the so-called, quote, adults in the room running the show, the Harvard and Yale pencil neck geeks of Obama's third term, which is what the Biden administration is, uh, that they do anything right that there's no foreign policy situation that they are involved in that goes well, that we just keep not winning wars and geopolitical disasters keep happening and they keep failing at pacifying Russia, resetting relationships with Russia, Hillary Clinton's reset button, uh, which was a ridiculous stunt (laughs) from the most intelligent Uh, woman in the world. That's right. Um, John, they, I just, they, they, they just don't do anything right, and no. they expect us all to clap for them. Like, like, oh, thank God someone... I'm just so glad President Biden's around for this, because otherwise, otherwise what? Otherwise Russia would invade Ukraine and, yeah. and take a bunch of their territory or something? Yeah. He, he's here, and the bad thing is happening. He yep. hasn't done anything to make it not happen. Yep. It's, it's really remarkable that they are getting credit for not even hitting the low threshold of, well, right. I mean... Again, I didn't agree with everything President Trump did, either in the domestic policy front or the foreign policy front. But if you listen to that bumper at the beginning of the show, he's right. Mm-hmm. None of this happened for all of the, oh, well, you know, uh, um, the only reason that uh, Putin didn't invade was because Trump was his puppet. And he. I'm like, well, then why, why? then why wouldn't he have invaded? Like the reasons Putin gave, like Putin gave a speech. A long speech. A long speech. speech. Talking about why he's invading Ukraine, and you can kind of read between the lines of why. Some of it is he genuinely believes that the Soviet Union should not have given up on its satellites that it possessed when the USSR fell apart, that they should have never given up Ukraine, that he thinks Ukraine is part of Russia historically. He genuinely believes that. Some of that is cynically, you know, he wants the north coast of the Black Sea as a base for staging base for naval operations in the Black Sea and then into the Mediterranean for, you know, leveraging you know presenting russian power to the world but like he genuinely believes all that stuff and he believed all that stuff when trump was in power and it's a thing of as much as everyone was so insistent on the you know trump is just putin's puppet narrative trump was the one 
opposing the construction of the Nord Stream pipeline. Yep. Trump, oh, was, Trump was okay. doing stuff to inhibit Putin in ways that Biden immediately reversed course on because he was such a green energy nut. So thank, so thank you for bringing this back up. This is something I talked a lot about why I think a lot of why uh, Putin is trying to do all of this. I think he really wants to s- secure his legacy, his long-term legacy as a as a new czar, a 21st century Russian czar. Yeah. Well, he's talking about like Lenin in incredibly glowing terms about how basically Lenin invented the idea of Ukraine, which is nonsense. But but still he's he's he he does not he does not have this strict anti-communist viewpoint that all the communist leaders were terrible. And oh no, no, no. He's like, he's like, Russia was awesome back then. Look, yes. at, look at how much butt we were kicking. Wistfully, oh man, just think back into the good old days, yeah. you know, of Khrushchev and Lenin yeah, and Stalin. Yeah, yeah. Ah, those were the days. It's almost like he was a former KGB agent <laughs> and, and like you know grew up as a communist. Which, like, if by the he's way, he's not a good guy. If you go onto uh, if you go onto Wikipedia and you look at Vladimir Putin's Wikipedia page, and you look at the the one down and in the KGB, uh, it says circa 1980. The photo of Vladimir Putin in the KGB is like I, I can't even describe it. It is it is like out of central casting for what yeah. you would expect a KGB agent to look like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is, yeah, it's amazing. Um, but so the the thing I wanted you to point out, John, because I had forgotten to mention this in the first hour of the show, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Which is a natural gas pipeline going from Russia into Europe into Germany, which is, supply, going, which is likely going to supply a lot of power resources for Europe. So th- this is something that I think a lot of Americans don't understand in the midst of all of this. And the way that the Russians are so much stinking smarter and a lot and the Chinese as well. Mm-hmm. Look, I don't have a problem with saying I I have solar panels on our house. Let me put it this way. There you go. I don't have a problem with saying, "Hey, let's try to use reasonable means to reduce uh energy dependence on fossil fuels." Sure. I, I am not a particular uh, strong advocate that we need to uh, <clears throat> terraform our entire economy um, right, <laughs> in right. the face of global warming. But I'm like, okay, you know, if there are low stakes opportunities for us to change things, sure. Yeah. But the thing that blows me away is that our, our friends on the left, they seem to be, they're so myopic. They have this green shiny object of oh green energy and the future, climate yes, change everyone using electric we, cars we have 10 years left to solve the climate change yeah, process a- aoc genuinely will go out and say the world will end in 12 years yes if we don't yeah despite the fact that al gore said it would end in 2007 and yeah yada, yeah, yada, yeah, yada. Yeah, yeah, yeah but you explain i don't think a lot of people understand when we talk about the nord stream 2 pipeline why is this the kind of the the combination the 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 apex, the intersection of the left's insane focus on the climate and their complete disregard for national security. Well, that's the thing. It's like, so at the same time that Putin was seemingly, and clearly this is kind of at the behest of Western European liberals who want the Nord Stream pipeline to be finished because they want Russian natural gas. So Biden eases up any you know, American opposition to completing Nord Stream 2 and says stuff like, well, it was practically already done already, so... uh." Meanwhile, he shuts down pipelines in America, the Keystone Pipeline, so our gas prices go up, and now Biden's out there saying, well, if they have these sanctions on Russia, then 
It's going to lead to increased fuel prices here, but that's worth the price of freedom. Literally, that was what Wh- Kamala is, Harris said. We are willing to pay any oh, that price was Kamala, yeah. to uh, yeah. well, backstab and, and, any friend, well, support and, any foe. And that's the thing is that, it, it, well, one, it's not worth, quote, the price of freedom because, no one's, because the Ukrainians are just going to have their territory taken over here. So it's not like us losing out on, you know, Russian gas is actually going to help the Ukrainians. Uh, but second... But secondly, it's like, why did we limit our own natural gas pipeline, but we're letting Russia, I mean, and that's the sad thing about all this. I was reading some stuff in National Review about, clearly Putin does not care about Western sanctions. Nope. Like, he's oriented himself more towards the Orient, oddly enough, Mm -hmm. towards China. Mm -hmm. And so he figures the price of the western sanctions that he will face is worth it in order to recapture chunks of ukraine and in part it's because he strategically shifted his alliance towards china and he can make up the loss to his economy by shifting more towards china and probably eventually he'll gamble that the countries in europe will be desperate enough for russian natural gas that eventually they'll just forget about this whole deal i think that's 100 percent true i think they are relying on the fact that I, I, you missed this, John, but in the first or the second hour, I said President Biden is tragically thinking like a Democrat politician always thinks, which is, hey, the media is going to cover for me. And you, and you can tell that they expect there's going to be no consequences because when President Biden got the gentlest of pushback from George Stephanopoulos after Afghanistan, what did he say? Oh, that, come on, man. That was that was four days ago. Yeah. yeah. Literally, they think, oh. We just got to ride this out for, you know, 72, 96 hours, maybe a week if it's really bad. Who cares if the stock market has fallen a thousand points in the last couple days? John Girardi, thank you for being with me today. No problem, Jonathan. See you. I know you got to get ready for your show in a, a scant 40 minutes. Indeed. So stay tuned. I will be back here on the Valley's Power Talk. The Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4 slash on the right to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to 4 slash on the right. That's 4Patriots, the number 4, Patriots.com slash on the right. The 
Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. Welcome back to Trevor Carey's show here. I am Jonathan Keller in for Trevor today. Thankful to be here. Number for your calls, 559-230-4242. That bump was by Metallica, and the title of that song was For Whom the Bell Tolls. Well, right now it tolls for Ukraine. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but that is really what we are looking at. Uh, right now, I mean, reporting is a little sketchy, but dozens of armored tanks, huge Russian tanks backed by potentially thousands, tens of thousands, maybe even more, of Russian military personnel could be right now marching their way into eastern Ukraine. For those of you who don't know, I guess I should clarify one thing on this. Essentially, there are these regions on the eastern border of Ukraine that are very um, they're very sympathetic to Russian interests. They have a high percentage of native Russians people who are ethnically Russian, they're not ethnically Ukrainian, and they may have lived there for a long time, but they may have deep affinities and friendships with Russia. And the thing that, the the best way that I heard this explained was, imagine if you have not just entire states, but you have counties. You uh, You look in the Rio Grande Valley down in Texas, or you look along the border in Arizona or New Mexico, or heck, even in California. If you look at the cities down there, there are a high percentage, especially let's say in uh, Imperial County, California, which is the county that is the farthest south and the farthest east in the state of California, right down there on the border between Arizona and Mexico. Imagine what would happen if the uh, state of Mexico decided, or I'm sorry, the country of Mexico decided, you know, this region, this little, uh, this little county here, Imperial County, and maybe some of these other ones down here along the, the Mexico border, uh, we've, we've done some research and we've realized that there are a lot of Mexican Americans, in fact, in some cases, not even Mexican-Americans, but Mexican expatriates. There are uh, citizens of Mexico who are living and working in Southern California. And, uh, you know, we've looked and we're, we're deeply concerned that some of our citizens might be facing uh, discrimination or, or maybe they are uh, maybe they're even facing some harassment at their jobs. Maybe they, they don't feel like they uh, they're getting everything that's due to them. And we want to make sure that there is a, you know, there's peacekeeping. We don't want there to be any problems. So imagine if Mexico decided to start massing hundreds of uh, Humvees and uh, armored vehicles along the Mexico-California border. And then they started amassing thousands, if not tens of thousands, of Mexican army troops. And then they said, you know, uh, we're going to recognize that Imperial County, California— uh, yeah, okay, it's technically a county in the state of California, but we're going to recognize it as an independent nation. And Imperial County, uh, we're going to call it, you know, uh, the state of Imperial or, uh, you know, something else. They just come up with a name for it. And they say, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, there's no uh, funny business going on. So to help keep the peace in Imperial County or the new nation of Imperial, we're going to send in tanks and soldiers into Imperial. 
how would we as Americans, how would we as Californians feel about that? Well, I mean, come on, there's 58 counties in California. What's, I mean, what's the big deal? We can't give up one tiny little county. I mean, besides, look at, look at the demographics. It's true that there are a lot of people of Mexican heritage, Mexican descent, Spanish-speaking individuals who are in Imperial County. You know, who cares about this little tiny area of California? Don't we have enough of the rest of California? Why, why do we need to care so much about this one little area? Well, because California is a sovereign state and it is part of the United States of America, which is a sovereign nation. And an attack on any part of our territory, a, a violation of the territorial integrity of our our nation and our state really is an attack, I think, in some ways on all of us. And that's, I think, the thing that Ukraine is looking at. They are looking here and realizing that Russia, yes, do they do they have, in, if you squint really hard and you look and say, you know, uh, there's probably some legitimate concerns about the needs of ethnic Russian-speaking individuals who live in the Donbass region. That's the eastern Ukrainian region. Yeah, sure. There, there's some legitimate concerns. Are there maybe some some diplomatic talks that you could have? Sure. But the idea that the solution to that is that you would send in armored tanks. You would send in armored vehicles. You would send in fully armed military personnel to, quote, unquote, keep the peace. Uh, that is just like if, again, Mexico began invading the United States because, well, you know, after all, we know historically all of California used to be part of Mexico. You know, New Mexico, for crying out loud. Arizona, Texas. This, I mean, huge portions of the American Southwest were originally part of Mexico. So why, uh, why shouldn't we go back and look at our territorial integrity? And why shouldn't we look at our historical claims on the land? That's exactly what Vladimir Putin is doing. If you want to talk about that or anything else in the final half hour of The Trevor Carey Show, give us a call, 559-230-4242. I am Jonathan Keller, in for Trevor Carey on The Valley's Power Talk. The Trevor Carey Show on The Valley's Power Talk. Listening to the Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. Welcome back to Power Talk. I am your host, Jonathan Keller, in for Trevor Carey. Happy to be here on a beautiful Tuesday evening. I want to first off say thank you, God, for rain. I, I know it only rained just enough to ruin the car wash that I got earlier today, but we need every little bit that we can get and. Uh, Again, I mentioned before I was on a I was on a prayer call with a couple of pastors here from Fresno today, and this was one of the key things they were praying about was rain. We are right now in one of the most dry seasons. It feels like that's almost every single year, but again, we we have had one of the most uh, dry starts to a year in recent history. And I really hope that we get a little bit more rain. It, it's tough because it's coming late now, and it will mess up some crops if it comes now and we should have got it earlier but we still need it so if you are the praying type say a prayer for rain and and again thank you god for the tiny bit that we did get all right so 
I wanted to talk a little bit more in our close about one other issue. I'm going to shift gears. We've spent a lot of time talking today about Ukraine. We've talked a little bit about the issue of uh, the recalls in San Francisco and why I think that that is a slight sliver of hope for us here in California. There's, There's a chance that maybe cooler heads might prevail. We might actually see some of our liberal friends across the aisle in crazy deep blue cities. They might realize, you know, Perhaps we don't want to go all in with these crazy radical activists um, who want to close our schools, rename the ones that are named after Abraham Lincoln, keep kids on Zoom forever, or keep them masked up forever. Maybe we don't want to go that route. Now, does that mean that they're going to agree with us on every single issue? Does that mean they're going to go out and vote for, uh, you know, Ted Cruz or... um, the most conservative Larry Elder, you know, whoever it is. No, that is not what that means. But it means that maybe when you are having that conversation with your neighbor who, you know, they're a registered Democrat, you know, they voted for Gavin Newsom in the recall, but you can maybe reach out to them and say, hey, what what do you think about that uh, that recall in San Francisco? Did you hear about that? Did you Did you know the crazy stuff that the board president said about her political opponents? because uh, she didn't like their uh, racial makeup. So this far-left Democrat activist board president started to use racial slurs in attacking her opponents just because they were Asian. Oh, you didn't hear about that. Well, uh, here, let let me read you this article. This is a great opportunity, folks, for you to go, you know, whether it's at the barbecue. I know it's a little early to be barbecuing, but eventually, you know, later this summer, whether it's at a barbecue, whether it's at a school board meeting, whether it's at uh, you know a, a neighborhood get-together, maybe you're just walking out to the mailbox and you see a friend of yours and you want to say, hey, did you hear about that issue? Did you hear about this thing in San Francisco? You don't have to be a jerk about it, but you know, just say, hey, I, I'm just wondering, have you ever thought about maybe not voting for the people who are <laughs> closing schools and requiring masks and uh, maybe demanding that you got to get a COVID shot if you want to keep your job? All of these types of things. Maybe you want to try freedom for a change. <laughs> Maybe you want to try uh, a different angle for a change. But that's not what I want to talk about for these last uh, 15, 20 minutes here. I actually want to talk about a new Supreme Court case. That's right. I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this quickly. But there have been some very major developments, as you all know, on the Supreme Court these last few years. I mean, I I don't need to rehash the fact that the Supreme Court today looks dramatically different than it did in early 2016. That was a situation where literally I think the future, in a lot of ways, the future of the American experiment was on the ballot in 2016. And so many people pulled the lever or pushed the button or filled in the circle for President Trump because they were deeply concerned about who was going to replace Antonin Scalia and about any future Supreme Court appointments during those four years. And as a result of Antonin Scalia being replaced by Neil Gorsuch and not Merrick Garland, and as a result of Anthony Kennedy being replaced by Brett Kavanaugh and not some crazy left-wing ideologue, and as a result of Ruth Bader Ginsburg being replaced by Amy Coney Barrett, the court today looks very different than it did in February of 
2020. I'm sorry, 2016. It's hard for me to believe. I remember I, that, that day, February 13th, just came and went two Sundays ago. No, shoot, one Sunday ago. I forgot it was that recent. Yeah, that that was how uh, that was the anniversary of Antonin Scalia's passing. And I was sitting here realizing, wow, I cannot believe it has already been six whole years since Justice Scalia died and how different things are. But I think there is a positive potential as we move forward. And I want to read you some tweets from my friend Kristen Wagner. She is the General Counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom. They're one of the great organizations that we get to work with at California Family Council. By the way, if you want to find out more about my organization, California Family Council, californiafamily.org is the address for that online. Again, californiafamily.org. You can just uh, search California Family Council on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. You'll find us there. I am also on Twitter, just at Jonathan Keller. But Kristen was tweeting today about this huge breaking news out of the Supreme Court that finally they are going to uh, what is called grant cert. That means they're going to agree to hear a case out of Colorado. And this is the case of Lori Smith. Lori Smith is a web designer and she owns a firm called 303 Creative. And she designs as part of her web design work, she designs wedding websites. Now, you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, wedding websites, aren't there a bunch of these cases that deal with free speech and weddings, you know, specifically gay weddings? There's, I know there's that, uh, there's that florist from Washington State. Yes, Baron L. Stutzman. That case, sadly, has never been accepted and was never accepted by the U.S. Supreme Court, tragically. Then there was the case that did make it to the Supreme Court in late 2018, or excuse me, late 2017. That was Jack Phillips. Jack Phillips was the cake baker with Masterpiece Cake Shop there in Colorado. And he was being attacked and persecuted by a radical, uh, quote-unquote, equality commission, the the Human Rights Commission, so-called, because he said, look, I will bake cakes for any person, but I just don't make them for every event. I am happy to bake a cake, a birthday cake, a Christmas cake, a Fourth of July cake. I, I will bake a cake for any individual, but I don't celebrate every event. And when he was asked very specifically to bake a cake that celebrated a same-sex wedding, he said, you know, respectfully, um, my faith teaches me that marriage is between a man and a woman, and I believe that as a result, I, I cannot bake this cake that is celebrating this. Well, as a result, he was picketed, he was harassed, he lost a huge chunk of his business, and he had the state of Cal Colorado bring these charges against him, and it went all the way up to the Supreme Court. Well, he won at the Supreme Court, but it was a very narrow ruling. So we've all been kind of wondering, okay, that was in 2018. That's when Justice Kennedy was still on the court. That's when Justice Ginsburg was still on the court. What is going to happen under this new court with Brett Kavanaugh replacing Anthony Kennedy and with Amy Coney Barrett replacing Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Well, today we found out at least the first step of that. The Supreme Court, quoting Kristen Wagner, the Supreme Court will hear Lori Smith's case. Colorado has weaponized its law to force Lori, an artist who owns 303 Creative, to either say things she doesn't believe or to remain silent. We pray SCOTUS, that's the Supreme Court of the United States, S-C-O-T, 
S-C-O-T-U-S, SCOTUS, Supreme Court of the United States will uphold the First Amendment. Lori serves all people without regard to how they identify. The problem with Colorado's Orwellian law is that it would force her to either engage in speech and promote ideas with which she disagrees or coerce her into silence. Everyone should have the right to speak freely, and no one should fear being punished by the government for exercising this fundamental freedom. This is really what is at stake. When it talks about the First Amendment, the right to speak and the right to freedom of the press, the right to freedom of assembly and association, that means it is both a positive right to do those things, but it's also a negative right to not be forced to do those things. Just as the government can't pass a law that prevents you from saying something, you have free speech. The government can't bar you from saying a message. They can't bar you from right making a cake that says, I believe marriage is between a man and a woman. I believe life begins at conception. I believe that, uh, <laughs> going back to our previous talk, uh, Ukraine has a right to territorial integrity and Russia should not invade. The government can't make you be quiet and prevent you from painting a sign, printing a banner, or decorating a cake that has that message. But likewise, the government should not be able to force you to say a message that you disagree with. So when we get back, I want to share with you a little bit more about this case and why I am cautiously, cautiously optimistic that finally, maybe, the Supreme Court is going to slap down the bullies on the left who think that their freedom extends to forcing you to participate in whatever message they want to communicate. That's next here on The Trevor Carey Show. The Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. The Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. Great to be back with you for this final segment of today's show. First off, I want to say thank you, Trevor, for letting me be here. I am Jonathan Keller, guest hosting for Trevor Carey today on The Trevor Carey Show. And thank you, Agent Squires, for your excellent producing duties as per usual. I will be back with you one more day tomorrow, Wednesday the 23rd. Happy to be here uh, filling the big shoes that Trevor has left. And, yeah, it's always great to listen in. If you would like to uh, talk tomorrow, I'll be on from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, tune in and love to talk with you on the phone. Uh, you could also uh, find me on Twitter. I'm just at Jonathan Keller. It's that easy to find. You could also find me on Facebook. You could find my organization, California Family Council. Just Google that. You'll find us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all the social medias. Of course, our website is CaliforniaFamily.org if you want to find out more about what we do as an organization in California, up at the Capitol, and even back in Washington, D.C. But I wanted to close by talking a little bit more about this case out of Colorado, reading to you from uh, my friends at CBN News. Steve Warren reports, the Supreme Court to hear case against Colorado's Orwellian order that forces Christian artists to violate their beliefs. 
He goes on. The U.S. Supreme Court agreed Tuesday to take the case of a Denver-area website designer who argues a Colorado state law violates the free speech of creative professionals who religious, whose religious beliefs do not conform to state-sanctioned doctrine. As CBN News reported last October, web designer Lori Smith asked the high court to hear her case in hopes that it will rule she does not have to express unbiblical messages and celebrate events that violate her First Amendment rights. In July... The 10th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled two to one against her, ordering her to design wedding websites for same-sex couples. The judges also said Colorado can prohibit Smith from even explaining on her social media page which websites she can create based on her religious beliefs. So just to clarify this, I want to pause before I read more on the article. The the court there, the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals and the state of Colorado are saying this is a job, this is an individual who has a website design firm. Yes, she technically lives in the state of Colorado. But the whole nature of a website is that it is done on a computer. And as we saw over the last year with uh, the last 2 years with COVID, of all the jobs that can possibly be done remotely from not just from home, but from a home anywhere in the world, not just in your city, your state, even the country. This literally could be done anywhere. This is not like a hotel. This is not like a wedding venue. This is not like a flower designer or a cake artist that there is a specific physical brick-and-mortar location where you have to get these services performed. This is a web designer. If you want a web design for your website, a wedding website, and you want to pay somebody to do it, I can tell you, um, (laughs) respectfully, to my friends that are in the LGBT community, and I do have friends that are in the LGBT community, I I know from speaking with them and from uh, speaking to people in this field, um, the LGBT community is not underrepresented in the tech community. (laughs) It, It is not a vast minority of the people in the tech industry. But this woman... Lori Smith is just saying, look, I design wedding websites. I, I have a biblical belief. I, 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 I follow the teachings of my church. I think marriage is between a man and a woman. I'm just saying, please don't make me design a website that explicitly violates my religious beliefs. You're literally asking me to take my coding skills and to type out words, phrases, and design something that I just fundamentally disagree with. I will just say, I think that this would be similar to if you were a web designer who was Jewish, for example, and you were an Orthodox Jew, and you were required under this law to say, well, look, I'm going to force you to design a website that says uh, Jesus Christ is the Messiah, and um, um, I don't care if that's not your religious belief. I'm going to force you to do it. At the bare minimum, that would be a rude thing to ask. It would be a million times worse for the government to force a designer to design a website with a specific religious message that someone disagrees with. And yet that's what the state of Colorado is trying to do here. Going back to the article, the law referred to by the dissenting 10th Circuit judge as an Orwellian diktat is the same one that continues to threaten Colorado cake artist Jack Phillips of Masterpiece Cake Shop. Alliance Defending Freedom, which represents Smith, argues that the law forces her to violate her Christian beliefs. The government doesn't have the power to silence or compel creative expression under the threat of punishment. 
It's shocking that the Tenth Circuit would permit Colorado to punish artists whose speech isn't in line with state-approved ideology, said ADF General Counsel Kristen Wagner, Smith's attorney. Colorado has weaponized its law to silence speech it disagrees with, to compel speech it approves of, and to punish anyone who dares to dissent. Colorado's law, and others like it, are a clear and present danger to every American's constitutionally protected freedoms— and the very existence of a diverse and free nation. After the Tenth Circuit's ruling last July, Ed Whelan, a fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center, wrote in National Review that the lower court's decision was against free speech. And I think that he's right. I think this is absolutely against free speech, and that's why I am thrilled, finally, that the Supreme Court is taking up this case. They have, they have let this hang out there far too long. It is time, respectfully, graciously, to say no. The First Amendment applies to everybody. You cannot force someone to speak a message they disagree with. I'm Jonathan Keller. It's been a pleasure being here. I will be back with you in 21 hours on the next episode of Trevor Carey for the Valley's Power Talk. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.